cliffcentral.com. All right, all right. It is Friday morning, cliffcentral.com. Uh, Leanne's still in the toilet, if you're wondering why there's a little oh. uh, icon. <laughs> Instead of her, she's just finishing up. She uh, she sent me a message while she's just uh, flushing and washing her hands. But you know, at least we know she's doing that. Uh, I just want to show you something. I want to show you something from the golden age of advertising that will tell you again. Will remind you uh, a, a little bit about the discussion we were having before seven o'clock about PR and propaganda and lies, because advertising used to be very straightforward. Back in the days of Mad Men. Look at this ad, Ben. Tell me this doesn't. And Leanne, you're back. Well done on the toilet. There we go. She washed her hands and she spritzed and now she's feeling good. There we go. All right. So here's an ad that you'll all love. All right. This was an actual Ooh. ad that was published in, I think, the 60s, maybe the 70s. And it's to the guy who's got a girl in every city. Delta will fly you there at 50% off. Oh my God. And then it's nice, different. Delta. Isn't that great? Yeah, these different women, all of them quite hot, and it says Delta ready. What a life! You. And oh, then the price, my word. price of every flight, and how you can get here and go there. I, I just, I just got to say, in a 2022 context, I appreciate how Delta was supporting this man's individuality. He identified as a Lothario, and yeah. Delta were like, "Gotcha, dude, gotcha." I mean, how many people are advertising to that market at the moment? Like, you know, in South Africa, we've got all these. Um, these guys who have like a whole bunch of, uh, they're, they're blessers and they've got a whole lot of blessees. And imagine if we could offer free how train uh, cards to these people, if they bought like in advance or whatever, you get three free trips to visit your squeezer. If you have, you know, a thousand rands credit on the how train. I mean, I think or, that's or girls who've got sugar daddies in every city. Or, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Guys, yeah. you know, I think it's a, a wonderful. Visit your Skeveresh, your Skeveresh more times this week with Uber. Wouldn't that be great? There's a wonderful idea for an advertising campaign here because, you know, Greyhound, the buses have just come back after COVID. So you can yeah. literally have, like, pictures of all kinds of chicks in different areas. be wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my Lord. Right. Just, you could even just take the pictures off of Tinder. No, you don't like... do that. It'll scar you. Fucking <laughs> 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 oh, hell. <laughs> uh, I think it should be. We should have an app in South Africa called Skeberish. Don't you think? <laughs> yeah, it's actually quite funny. I, I think we, but like, guys, I think like years ago we spoke about this with like the, the, the whole Lobola app. You know, you scan through the yeah. girls and you see how many cows each one of them are. But like a Skeberish right. should have like a, you like celebrities have those like vanity kind of riders. It's like, I only want brown M&Ms, that kind of shit. Skeberish <laughs> should just basically have a list. Of all the things that they're, they're willing to skip a dash for. <laughs> it would be the best, it would be the best social network hookup mm. app around. That's great. Carducci Ka- coat. Yeah. Um, Pomeranian. <laughs> yeah. I, and then, I, I, think, I think you can actually then rate the skip a dash on their riders like realistic, unrealistic. You're shitting me. <laughs> So I mean, if she's got like, if she's got like no front teeth and she's in the field, she can't be one to like, <laughs> Rolls Royces and all kinds of other stuff because it's just not a realistic Skeberdash equation. No fruit in field. I'm telling you, there's there's value in this that we've just stumbled upon something. Hey, uh, Congo Chris like, just you know, said that's what people want as well, you know. Yeah, well, Congo Chris just said, does anyone remember the website Hot or Not? 
circa MySpace yes. era. In fact, I mean, if you remember the story of how Facebook came to be, Facebook exactly. was basically a rating app where guys and girls on the college campus would put up pictures of themselves and then everyone else on the campus would rate them anonymously. And you'd, you'd have a hierarchy of, of, of good looks. Now, I mean, I, I remember that hot or not website and it gave you a rating, I think out of 10 for how hot you were based on other people voting a number out of 10 for you. It was actually a widget within the Facebook um, website. Right. But I mean, it was right there at the beginning of Facebook. And then yeah. eventually it was like, oh, no, you can't do that. Because what if ugly people feel offended? Well, ugly people well, feel offended every time they look in the mirror. What are you going to do about that? Yeah. Plus, we have TikTok that. now, so it's fine. Just ask me. I hate to look in the mirror. So why aren't you protecting me against my reflection? Oh, the bells. The bells. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. But I've, I've always said this and I continue to say it. Being good looking, thinking about this hot and not thing, being good looking is the world's greatest advantage. You could be stupid as a box of rocks. And I don't know. Can... I promise you TikTok can beg to differ. The, the good looking people are not doing well on TikTok. That's why, I won't, that's why I won't go on the app. I have no interest in ugly people at all. Yeah, but Leanne, no I mean, it's also, it's also just an algorithm kind of thing. Hmm. It's, like, it's, I, also, I, it's also it's, propaganda. It's also yeah. China's way of, of distracting all the stupid kids in the Western world while they send their kids to school to study science. Now that, that's no lie. That's, that's the no truth. Lie. They ban their own kids from being – this is not a conspiracy theory. You can, you can look it up. It's plain to see. Yeah. Kids in China are not allowed to use TikTok. It's banned. It's like, like Facebook doesn't exist in China or Instagram. They don't let their people get distracted by dumb shit like we do in the West. Well, all these Americans getting on TikTok, doing nurse dance movies during the pandemic. And what are the Chinese doing? Actively putting viruses into the rest of the world. Exactly. Massive <laughs> leap in productivity. Massive. <laughs> they deserve to win. We, how we get you, we will get you with a virus. Uh, what are we saying in the West? We're like, I don't know. We're going to go on TikTok and make a dance video or a makeup tutorial. Go for it. Knock yourselves out, you idiots. Yeah. And, and again, it's not the dance movies or the makeup tutorials that are doing well on TikTok. So what is doing well there? Because I don't know a lot about it. Let's learn something. Leanne, you're, you, this is part of what you do in your other jobs. So tell us it's about TikTok. Really like, what are people very, looking at? Very realistic stuff. So the complete opposite of um, Instagram. Um, what do you mean? So you don't have to look good to put out a TikTok. You can be lying in bed and just start recording. Okay. Um, no, you, can, you, you can do that on Instagram as well, though. Yeah, but... Who would, so you're telling me, like, people who've just woken up with their morning stink breath and their sleep in their eyes... And um, they haven't brushed their teeth and they haven't tidied themselves up. They're going to switch on their cameras. And there, there are people all over the world who want to watch those people? Yeah, well, they're tired of seeing what's totally unrealistic and unattainable and, and very much untrue on platforms yeah. like Instagram. Um, you know, TikTok has exposed people on Instagram 
you know, finding um, these accounts, which these these um, home flippers, for instance, who just put up a picture of part of a room that they've done. In the meantime, everything else is in absolute chaos. <laughs> TikTok <laughs> reveals all of that stuff. Um, yeah, that's fun. Someone, someone will go in and someone will say, like, okay, I've bought this house. This is the Instagram account for this house, for these flippers that turned it. And yeah. now I've bought it, and I'm going to show you the real pictures of these horrible paint finishes, the fact that you just touch a bathroom tile and it falls off. So it's totally, you know, right. naming and shaming everything that's not real. Well, that's interesting. I read an article yesterday because, you know, Zuckerberg's lizard verse is never going to work. It's just an absolute <laughs> fucking pipe dream. And he's so yes. invested. Like he, he's, he's so invested, he has to keep going with this. And all those decades from now, the shareholders are like, well, you know, in for a penny, in for a lizard. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's so, what they call sunken cost. Yes. So, so people from Instagram are actually directly um, contacting influencers nowadays, like, yeah, like these people who do well on TikTok. Yeah. Because Zuckerberg has to have reels work, otherwise mm -hmm. lizard, lizard versus fucked. And Reels essentially is just uh, it's just stealing from TikTok, which stole yeah. from Vine or whatever. Yeah. Um, Snapchat. <laughs> Sorry, I'm yeah, still stuck yeah, in yeah, the it's, it's By the way, gonna work. Nell Silver, who's just joined the chat, the first time I've ever seen his name on on the comments section, and they're always new people every day. But he's just interested in lizards because all he said all morning is lizard this lizard. He made three comments earlier this morning about lizards. So welcome, Nell Silver. Obviously working for the lizard verse. Yeah, well, obviously he's the yeah. So Leanne, I was reading this article. So people from from Instagram Meta, fuck whatever it's called. They actually phone influencers and go, you know, we're really looking to like build your career on our platforms and help you become a bigger influencer. And they go through all these like mundane tips of like how you get more followers and things. And then they say, but you really should be posting more on Instagram because that's where you can get real growth and not on TikTok. So they, 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 they pull you in for like 10 minutes, basically to tell you that you should be posting to reels and not to, uh, to, to, um, a hundred percent. 100%. All right, so here's it's, a comment. It's, it's, like, it's, it's, it's like he's that desperate now. Yeah, Lizardverse. So Carl says, Gareth, you idiot. TikTok, I added the idiot part because I am. Uh, TikTok hadn't, <laughs> developed, hadn't developed the smell feature yet, so the stink breath is of no consequence. <laughs> also, it's the hot girls who get all the views. The ugly ones don't do as well. Fact. How do you respond to that, Leanne? <laughs> mm, I don't know so much. Well... What we're, what are we going to do when they do develop the smell feature on, oh. on the internet? Imagine you'll, if you pick up your phone. It'll only be bad smells. It'll only be I'm bad really... smells. It'll be, it'll be 87% farts. 87% farts minimum. I don't even want to know what good-looking people smell like or what their homes smell like. Thanks. 87% farts. <laughs> Without doubt. Mm. <laughs> Oh, listen, a friend of mine. Uh, in fact, Nina Hasty told us about this years ago. Uh, not years ago, last year when she was on the show. But um, someone else said to me the other day that she has been offered money to just show people her feet. On, yeah, um, yeah on the there's that too. Um, there's, there's, there's a whole, I can't remember what it's called, but she told me there's an app that's, that's about this. Now, imagine the fart fetish people um, creating a smell app. <laughs> where, <laughs> 
<laughs> ultimately, I mean, this is the most gross thing. And they say, by the way, that smell is going to be the hardest of the senses to create oh, in sure. the in the metaverse, in the the virtual reality realm. Um, that that smell will be most difficult because taste is dependent on smell. So you have to get what's going on over there. Someone watching porn. Always. Oh, okay. Sorry. So Ben was watching porn. Um, no, no, because smell obviously is part of taste. So before you can do taste, you have to get smell right. And the human nose, and we don't even have noses like cats and dogs and other animals that can pick up every kind of scent there is. And that's all, almost their messaging system. Humans, even just pit- pitiful old, old, old us, we have like millions of smells that we can identify. It's one of our most developed systems the olfactory system. So they say that that is going to be the most difficult part to recreate because we can do touch. Um, you, yeah. can wear, you can wear these touch suits and they can apply pressure and they can make it hot or cold. That all fits under touch. Um, you can obviously do, do visual stuff. That's the easiest one. Um, audio is probably the easiest one, actually. Then, yeah. then visual. So mm-hmm. audio, visual, then touch. And then the last two senses are going to be the toughest one is taste and smell and smells. The, the, the hardest by far because you can't get a little scratch pad and you like scratch and sniff because that's not going to work. You need a scratch pad that's like a million little dots big. So I don't well, know. I mean, I can see it. I can see it working in a cinema setting, you know, when they start experimenting with smell and taste. Yeah, where you're all in one room, but, but digitally, uh, I don't know. No, because it would be so hard to send the thoughts. But can you imagine if they do somehow get it right? Like somehow, somehow so, get it right. Ben, it's can just you... so hard to send farts. I, I know. But, yeah, just, just humor me for a second. Imagine they manage to get it right and somehow this becomes one of the things. Can you imagine what smell influences would become? People would be paying huge amounts of money to go and fart in the room and you could be there going, yeah, oh, I was there, it was live. You know, the guy that you follow, yeah, yeah I actually, I actually went and actually. Smell fluences. No. So you could you could smell like to buy a prostitute would be like a smell and it'd be like a trend, you know, and then you could literally go and meet the Dubai prostitute and smell her. <laughs> and that would be the next thing in influence culture. Ah, a smell fluencer. Well, somebody says, how about like, smell and subscribe? <laughs> uh... <laughs> I'm telling you that the world is just burgeoning with stupid stuff like this and people who will be entertained by this for days, hours, months, years, it's going to happen. Get ready. Mm. I think ready. It, it, it would absolutely blow our minds if we could share smells because <laughs> it, it would all be so sordid. Like can you, can you imagine what it would do for the porn industry? <laughs> I don't want to know. No, people, because they, they don't be the next frontier because people are like, I think in the porn industry, like they're just so invested in that whole system. They got to get the next weird thing. Well, I mean, virtual reality will reach a, 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 pl- a place of minimum viable product under porn. Definitely. That's what people will pay for in the beginning, you know, and, and you can already see like the way, um, that the, the porn on the internet was the first money maker, um, even before gambling. It's always at the forefront of this because what are people doing? They're lonely, they're sad, they're pathetic, they can't find a real girlfriend or boyfriend, so they get online and then they imagine and they fantasize. But imagine if you didn't have to do that and you'd be able to 
just put on the goggles or the bodysuit or the whatever, and you could uh, have sex with anyone you dreamed of. That's what people are thinking about right now. That's where the development will come, I'm afraid. It's not going to come from a cure for cancer or trying to cure, solve world hunger or any of that stuff. People talk about those goals, but the, the real breakthroughs will come from the porn industry. Unfortunately, that's, that's what humanity has to look in the mirror. I really us. hope not. I really hope if smells come through my phone, it's the, <laughs> it's the, um, entertainment or like restaurant business or some cooking, cooking. show. Really cooking, please. cooking influences. You can smell oh. oven baked goods. <laughs> yeah. Smell yeah. Someone's, you can smell someone's curry. That's what I want to do. Right. Yeah. Um, Carl says, I have too much vitamin C and my farts are epic. I need to be able to share that. Fart smells should be normalized. You see, mm-hmm. this is the problem. People like see, Carl. Carl. Carl could be a fart fluencer. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. Like Carl, Carl's life to this point has been like, yeah, have I really realized, realized my uh, potential? Uh, Boom. Sharing farts. So, guys, we, we, we spoke to um, Dr. Hanan on Monday about this, and I want to hear what you think about this, because she was obviously part of the show years ago when we were all doing um, you know, the, the morning show together. And we spoke about Prisoner Charlene, um, who obviously oh, is right, in this, yes. uh, this loveless marriage with Prince Albert. Or what is Albert? Hey, it's not Alfred or Elhurst or anything. It's Albert, no, right? it's Albert. <laughs> Albert, Prince Albert. Anyway, she and he are married. They've been married for a while. They've got two kids together. Uh, she's very unhappy. I've never seen her smile in a picture. I don't know about you. Uh, having a horrible time. She apparently is being paid a lot of money to stay in the marriage because, you know, they've got kids and, and he needs a princess, obviously, to, for his prince, right? So here's a, the latest picture of them. Look at how miserable she looks. Gosh. Mm. You know, really. So she's apparently come out this week with a story. She's slammed all these malicious articles about her divorce with Prince Albert. She says, I'm so annoyed that my married life is gaining brutal attention in the media. So speaking to French newspaper Nice Matin, the princess revealed that she's disturbed by her split rumors with her husband, Prince Albert of Monaco. She began, you want to talk about divorce rumors or my new home in Switzerland? I find it regrettable that certain media peddle such rumors about my life and my relationship. Like everyone else, we are human beings. And like all human beings, we have emotions, weaknesses. But only our family is exposed to the media and the slightest weakness is relayed, continued the princess. She added she's discussed these malicious articles with Albert, narrating he supported me enormously and did everything to protect me and my children. What do you guys think? Well, well, but you first, see, when you don't make appearances yourself, when you don't make statements and you're not the people's princess, <clears> where people can't, when you don't have a, a, a royal Instagram account and you're not appearing on, on Oprah, um, then people are going to make up what they want about you. So, and I mean, she, if she can't see that Oprah is the answer to all of this, then I don't know. Yeah, Oprah is the answer, but yeah, I'm just going <laughs> to stop you for a second. It's Albert, Prince Albert, as an Alberton. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the name comes from. Prince Alberton of Monaco. Steve, you're great. That's terrific. But Thank I, you, I Steve. Was, I was also going to ask, who, who's dressing her like Depro 80s Annie Lennox? Like, that's not, good. It's not a good look. <laughs> oh, my Lord. You're right. That is a Depro Annie Lennox 1980s look. Not good. I mean, she's an attractive woman. I mean, we, we've all... We will see she's, she's in good shape. She used to be a swimmer. 
You know, I mean, she's, she's she's the second most attractive Charlize from Benoni. Correct. And she's Charlene, Ben. Like Alberton. She's Charlene. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Please think right. East Rand prejudice might coming through. So, so my get <laughs> East Rand bias. That's what they call it. E R B. Herb. <laughs> you suffer from East Rand bias. And eventually, if you're not uh, paying attention, they'll just ban you from OR Tambo. You are, you'll only be able to fly out of Lawn, Syria, if you carry on talking like that. But I mean, like, uh, her whole story I always found quite trivial because she's the princess of a region of uppity French people that basically wanted to make their own even more uppity district and climbed a hill and beat up some peasants and then created a royal family, right? There's, there's no like, it's like sword in the stone story here. They were just no. people who, who, who claimed land. And yeah, then, they're not out there saving the world. No, I mean, fuck, it's just the most contrived, hey, like, they are saving. Bollocks. They are saving rich people money in taxes. That's, that's pretty smart. I don't have okay, a problem great. with that. Okay, great. Yeah. No, I, I also, I'm fully behind that. So I'm sure, I'm sure Klaus Schwab or Oshglob or whatever his name is has a house there. I'm sure he does. So are we so not, it's, it's, are, it's we not are we not sympathetic to her at all? Are we not going to go, oh, shame, poor her? Um, Do we not feel sorry for any princesses anymore? What's happened to us? We've become so cruel and callous that we don't care about princesses anymore. Huh? Is this all Meghan Markle's fault? I think it's, it, it really is just about being human. And she's not appearing human at the moment. If If she – I don't think she – has the right, not sure. I mean, she obviously got all sorts of rights, but I, I think she's speaking from the wrong vantage point here where she says, I'm shocked that the media is attacking me. Well, we're shocked that you're not speaking to us. You know, if you, if you want to appear human, then make an appearance and talk. Well, there is a princess who is um, working the media like a, like a masseuse in a, in a, you know, in a dodgy gay sauna. Here she is, uh, Meghan Markle. She took advantage of that school shooting to go and lay roses there. Um, now, she doesn't live in Texas, so she had to hop on a plane. And I don't know if she's bought anything since she married Harry, but she had to find these roses. Maybe one of her people got them for her, and then she went and dropped these off. Now, you may say, and you might be right, that this is someone who cares, just you know, another citizen with a baseball cap on, just incognito going to show solidarity and drop off some roses. But I don't believe that Meghan and Harry, either of them or the two of them together, have an honest bone in their bodies. And I think everything they do is calculated to make it all about them. So I I don't believe that this is just Meghan doing a good thing. I think this is Meghan feeling left out because Princess Charlene is in the headlines and Kate is going to the James Bond premiere or whatever, the Top Gun Mission Impossible, whatever fucking premiere it is. And that the Queen's about to have a jubilee and Meghan's like, but what about me? And Harry's like, what about me? Meghan, I'm too mentally unwell at the moment to leave our house, but will you go and drop off some roses? Then it'll get us a bit of shine in the papers. Am I being too cynical? What do you think? Uh, well, no, because, again, look at the track record of all these things. Mm. If she was someone who had massive um, – she was an anti-gun person or if she was hugely behind education or if she was Texan, easy mm. thing. Seems a random thing just to kind of do. But at the same time, 
these media actors are always the ones at fault here. Megan's Megan, right? She's also a failed princess, whatever fairy tale actress. Her life's never been real to start with. It's the New York Post who wants to make this <laughs> thing. I actually have no problem with Megan whatsoever because I'm sure she gets confused for that Alexandra Octavia Cortez person everywhere she goes. So that must be difficult in itself. Claire Pitt says, please, total attention mongering. Well, you know, again, like, I don't know because I don't know Megan and I don't know Harry, but I don't think these two are particularly serious people. As Ben says, it's all a fantasy. It's all cooked up. And I mean, the whole idea of being a princess is silly. Guys, speaking of fantasy, I'm going to go to my fantasy job where I'm going to be a fantasy person trying to make things. No, I I do actually have a a job. I know you do. Today is very busy. I need to film people, and and I mean, you can't yeah. sit there and you you can't sit there in your dressing gown like a house frau all day with <sighs> curlers. I wish. <laughs> I wish I could. Jesus, I wish I could. That mean that would right, make man. my life interesting. Bye, everybody. Cheers. I'm Cheers. Bye. That's there's Ben off in his oh, dressing goodness. gown. Get dressed. Imagine if he pitched up for a meeting in that dressing gown. Do you think people would be upset with him? Well, it goes back to our our whole chat about wearing your PJs out in public. It might just make him look like he's wealthy. Well, someone said in the comments earlier, like when Ben came on in his dressing gown, it's like Spa, who had to issue that warning that people must please not wear sweet yes. shoes. Uh, Dear Linda says, what has this Megan has done wrong? <laughs> what has she has shown done wrong? Has yeah. she has, has, Megan has, wrong done wrong, has, has. That's all I have to say, dear Linda. Hmm. <laughs> Every person should have a look at Showmax, the Afrikaner. Interesting. Definitely not boring. We are all Afrikaners, says Marnu van Staden. All right, Marnu. Are we? <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. News to me. The comment section's alive this morning. Yeah. Um, oh, yes, it's the Jubilee coming up. Red Robin says there are photographs on the internet of Megan Topless on the beach. Ooh. How do we know if these are real? You can't tell anymore. Really? Are you excited about the Jubilee? Um, only because a lot of my clients are UK based. Okay. So, for instance, um, one of my clients is a, a nursery in London, um, nursery as mm-hmm. in plants. And okay. it's a huge thing. People have been growing stuff in their gardens, cultivating, sowing special seeds, um, just to have a Jubilee worthy garden by the time it rolls around um so yeah it's all about the red white and blue people have hanging baskets of petunias in red white and blue they're holding garden parties um there are even parties where you bring in your neighbors and street parties Uh, you know Hmm. people go nuts for this in the uk they absolutely love it some of them live for it well marnu Um, does he doesn't give a shit about the jubilee (laughs) It's not We're all Afrikaans. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> even the so Queen's Afrikaans. Even the Queen is Afrikaans. That's what we hear. Yeah, we're learning new things today. So uh, let me just throw this in from um, Sponiso, who says, Oh, my God, I was at the local spa yesterday, and there was a woman wearing PJs and a sleeping gown. Mind you, this was well after midday. Totes gross. That's terrible. What's but happening? After midday? That means you've been in that stuff since you went to sleep the night before. Mm-hmm. Is that all right, Leanne? You seem to be okay. No, with this. no, I'm not. I'm not okay with it. But it's happening. Okay. 
It's a trend, right. and uh, it sickens me. I hate it. Well, um, hanging out with Jay says, oh, my God, I saw two people in spa yesterday in PJs. It was to antagonize because it was 7 p.m. So you mm. think people are doing this on purpose now? Maybe. Mm. But they've been doing it all along anyway. All right, well, I'm just not going to go to spa for a while because I don't need to see people <laughs> slobbing around. No. I mean, we had this discussion where I said I'm, I'm not wearing tracksuit pants outside of the house, right? Yeah. So I'm going to stick to my rule here. All right. Um, so quick thing before we get to Borge, who's going to be joining us in mm-hmm. just a moment. Or two. Um, George Meany, of course, from uh, Auto Trader. And the Auto Trader pod is brought to you by Auto Trader. That's coming up in a little while with Borge. Before we get to that, Elon Musk, who's, you know, he's also, he seems to be on a mad tear for attention or else the media are obsessed with him. You decide. If you're an Elon fan, you probably think the media are obsessed with him. If you're not an Elon fan, you go, oh, this guy is just always, he's just, She's trying to be the richest and trying to be the most interesting. He's trying to be the loudest and he's just got a finger in every pie. And it yeah. drives people crazy. But he is worried that Italians might become extinct. Oh, that's something new to worry about. <clears throat> well, you know how everyone in the world is talking about how there are too many people? Yeah. Elon doesn't. He doesn't think that. He thinks that there are too few people. He says this whole idea that we're running out of resources or Earth is full is bullshit. He says Italians are just one of the nations in the world that could become extinct due to the world's lowest birth rates in that country. Italy will have no people, he says, if this trend continues. Tesla founder Elon Musk, who has warned about the dangers of global depopulation in the past, said on Tuesday after he was answering a tweet by Rome-based cybersecurity researcher Andrea Stropa, who had published a demographic trend chart showing showing the uh, birth rate falling for decades. So, and it is quite a scary chart. I'll tell you mm. what. Um, uh, it's all in Italian, so I don't know what this means. But numero annua dinati, anni 1946 to 2019, migliaia la 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 la. And so, right? Well, yes, I agree. And then Elon Musk says Italy will have no people if these trends continue. So last year. Italy reported its lowest birth rate ever at little more than one child per woman. That means if every woman's only having one child, and remember some women are not having any children. It means the population will be halved. They're going to be replaced by cows. What, what uh, What animals are in Italy, Leanne? Help us here. Italian Hmm? animals. Yeah, cats, dogs. Uh, ferrets, maybe ferrets. Oh, boars. I don't know. <laughs> maybe boars. Okay, <laughs> this could mean that Italy. Uh, this is very scary. They count seven newborns and twelve deaths per thousand inhabitants in twenty twenty one. So every day, seven sure. kids are born and twelve die per thousand. Wow. Huh? So in other words, they are going to go extinct. Musk is correct. Most people believe, he says, that we have too many people on the planet. This is an outdated view. He said that at the World Artificial Intelligence Conference in Shanghai, debating with the Alibaba, Alibaba Group holding chairman Jack Ma. Assuming artificial intelligence is fine and assuming there's a benevolent artificial intelligence, the biggest problem the world will face in 20 years is not a population explosion, but a population collapse. Jeez. What do we think of I wonder, 
I wonder if um, COVID had anything to do with it, with the Italian club in Bedford View closing down, <laughs> you know, where you go to pick up ticks. Well, there are no, no Italians. Elon Musk <laughs> told us. Come on, Bedford View. Keep the Italian population going, if not the uh, south of Joburg. The south. Patrick Vianello, who sounds Italian, says Italians need to pump more. Well, yes, absolutely. All right, so I'll pump an Italian chick, says Nell Silver. At least he's not talking about, at least he's not talking about lizards anymore. Uh, Lee says in Hungary, they're actually incentivizing couples to have bigger families by giving them no income tax to prevent migrants from taking over the workforce. Italy could do the same. Mm. Well, um, Italy will have, will have people, they just won't be Italian, says Morabit. Yeah, that's probably true too. Uh, Cook, ooh. Cook, ooh, that's the person's name, says, I'll go and live in Italy, no problem. Hmm. Um, just to uh, Diolinda Oliveira, mm. I didn't mean the Italian club closed. Public announcement, it did not close forever, but it closed along with most other public establishments during COVID. Yeah, Diolinda's going to... Long live she's... the Italian club. Diolinda, she's going to come to your house, she's going <laughs> to smack you in the face. You are with your bad ideas. Just explaining ideas. myself. You are with your bad ideas. What's wrong with you? <laughs> All right. And apparently there's an Italian club social happening this Sunday in Pretoria. Ah, excellent. We will go. It's because Italians lost the will to live when they saw pineapple pizza, says Congress. Oh, <laughs> I love the way we go straight to like stereotypical jokes. We don't even waste time on this show. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. How about this? We were talking about museums earlier, right? Mm. So Germany is going to give back 23 things that they stole from Namibia all those years ago. So the Germans are trying to atone for their sins. A Berlin museum on Friday sent 23 ancient pieces of jewelry, tools, and objects back to Namibia, a former German colony, on an mm. indefinite loan as part of a project to encourage a rapprochement between the two nations. The artifacts will be handed over to the National Museum of Namibia and made available when local artists and academics come around to research them. Uh, chosen by Namibian experts, they include an ancient three-headed drinking vessel, a doll wearing traditional dress, and various spears, hair pieces, and other fashion accessories. So the Germans went, oh, no, we can't hold on to this. It's not for us to keep. We must give it back to the Namibians. Namibians are like, yeah, bring that shit back. It's not yours. My fuck, Maralise. <laughs> I just hope that Hifike Punya Pohamba is no longer president because we all know that his wife, Penehupifo Pohamba, was a big <laughs> fan of stealing stuff out of museums. So if the Pohambas are still in charge, we're in big trouble. She's known to have stolen a, a doll. What were mm. the other three things? <laughs> <laughs> and spears. She and likes spears. spears. Yeah. Yeah. But this is happening all over the world, and I don't think it's a bad thing, where the uh, the artifacts of certain nations are being handed back to them, as long as they look after them. I mean, this is like, you know, if you're a parent and you give your kid, and don't give me, like, that argument that, oh, some nations are children and some are parents, huh? Yes, some are. Like, Iraq is not a good custodian of its history. Forgive mm. me. But we have way less to show off the great Persian, Babylonian, Assyrian, Sumerian, and so on empires thanks to the regime of Saddam Hussein and whatever has ensued since Saddam Hussein was deposed 
So yes, some nations are children and some nations are parents. So I would rather have had all those Iraqi artifacts preserved by just about anyone. Even Vladimir Putin could have kept better care of them than the Iraqis did. So yes, there are some nations that do this better than others. I think Namibia will probably look after the stuff. It's, it's certainly very valuable to them, tells them about their own history. Um, and if these things are, are ancient, as they said they are in the article, then it's a very, um, it's a powerful, you know, kind of icon of, of, of where the nation comes from. And particularly if you're Herero or Ovambo, which are the two main tribes in Namibia, then these things would have massive, massive uh, value to you and would be mm. a tremendously rich part of your history. So good. Germany giving back instead of taking under close. Well, they're not giving, let's be clear. They're loaning. Loaning, but it's an indefinite loan, right? Okay. So, Yalian. <laughs> Just saying. Imagine, imagine they did that for South Africa. Um, Robert would be uh, Robert would be no the Germans lying there and he sent two. Quentin, you need to wake up properly, my friend. Don't join in the conversation <laughs> until you've brushed your teeth and you, you know, at least used a face cloth to like wake up your mouth uh, or your brain for that matter. I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand that comment at all. I'm trying. Ah, lizards. That's he's probably a lizard. His tongue is going, <laughs> you know. God, I'm still laughing about what did Ben call it? The lizard verse. This is part of my lunch. My lunch conversation yesterday was about the the multiverse and the structure that incorporates free choice, but gives like all of the possible decision tree branches for the way that we live. I had such an interesting lunch yesterday. I felt like my head was going to explode when I drove out of there. You know, when you sit down and you just, you just listen to someone, you don't even talk that much. And they're telling you like some of it sounds crazy at first glance. And then you, you eventually, you know, kind of come to terms with the fact that there may be some element of truth to some of this. And then you think about it some more and you go, actually, it makes a lot more sense than what we're being told. Um, and it's this fine line. I have to guard very carefully what I say because the price you pay for being a conspiracy theorist or for oh, it's, it can be huge. Like then your credibility shot to shit, right? And I'm a logical, reasonable person. I believe in the material world. I believe in things you can prove under laboratory conditions. I don't take things for granted. I don't just trust people. And when I hear things that sound like bullshit, usually it's bullshit to me. Anyway. Mm. And then, you know, the deeper you dig and the more you kind of get into a conversation that maybe you were an uncomfortable participant in, in the beginning, you start to th- see things from a different point of view. And it's, it's a very hard line to walk um, where yeah. you, you know, you, you, you don't want to get sucked into conspiracy theories that are obvious bullshit, but then you think about how, you know, there are these things, these psyops that are going on in the world um, where, where people are being convinced on mass of certain things. And we talked about this PR and, propaganda mm. stuff earlier this morning and that's real whether you like it or not and yeah. by just denouncing some of the stuff as conspiracy theory it seems like a cop-out for the people who are too lazy to actually investigate it themselves well that's the thing i mean we we say that we want we want to encourage people to be creative and use your brains and you know think out of the box and then when people do 
they're shunned or shut down or called loonies. Yeah. Um, and also humans are just so quick to want to see others fail. They want to see that you're wrong about this theory that you have. Right. And, and they enjoy seeing you being proven wrong. Yeah. So it's, it's very constrictive. Um, <clears throat> speaking of, of, of seeing people fall, um, Ellen DeGeneres has finished her show. She, um, for nearly two decades, the only lesbian host in the world has beamed into homes across America, <laughs> busting stereotypes. That's what it says in the article. I'm just reading from the article. Yeah. Busting stereotypes, charming daytime TV audiences, the feel-good blend of quirky comedy and celebrity cameos, and dancing. That was her thing. Mm. Everybody on that stupid show had to dance all the time. But after more than 3,000 episodes, a talk show that came to rival even Oprah Winfrey's in terms of its cultural impact finishes under a cloud yeah. after allegations of a toxic workplace at stock odds with its be kind mantra. When we started yeah. the show in 2003, the iPhone didn't exist. Social media didn't exist. Gay marriage wasn't legal, DeGeneres said last month after pre-taping the show's final episode. We watched the world change, sometimes for the better, sometimes not. There is no doubt the cultural landscape has been upended since rising comedian Ellen DeGeneres came out in 1997. She was hailed as a gay icon, but a sitcom was cancelled a year later and amid a backlash, and she spent five years in the wilderness before reinventing herself as a talk show host. It was a sensation, a landmark. It became a political football, said Mary Murphy, associate professor, professor of journalism at University of SoCal. Uh, she led the way. She was probably and may still be the most famous LGBTQ person in America. But mm. obviously it's all fallen apart because apparently Ellen wasn't nice to everybody when the cameras went off. Ugh, again, it's this whole thing where people love seeing people fail. And mm -hmm. everything was going great with that show until cancel culture became a big thing. Um, and we were looking for absolutely any excuse just to cancel anyone. And uh, I don't know. I, I don't have anything bad to say about the show. I enjoyed watching it. I wasn't like a diehard fan. But um, she also had a way of being ahead of her time when it came to um, making the everyday person a hero or giving them their chance. You know, social media has done that for us now. Um, but she would find these hidden talents from all over. Um, Please, I was and doing bring that. them onto the show. <laughs> That's I true. Was, I was getting people who could lick their elbows and fart with their mouth. And, this you is know. true. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was before we were doing it on social media, right? Right. Give yeah. us the us, me, me, me. I'm going to do a Megan Markle. Give us the credit first. <laughs> Generous, please. Anyway, a lot of people very angry. Uh, Congo Chris says, Ellen can fuck right off. Ricky Lake is the only host to rival Oprah. Do you remember Ricky Lake? I do vaguely. I never really got into it. Mm -mm. And the other one that was very good was Jerry Springer. We must never forget him. Talk about ordinary <sighs> people. He would bring on the most extraordinary, ordinary people. Freaks, yeah. I'm having sex with my sister in a trailer park, and my ma doesn't want me to no more. So you get them on the show, and then they'd fight. And who knows how much of it was staged, but it was very entertaining. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd rather have that back. Bring back Jerry Springer. If you're going to can Ellen, bring us some Jerry Springer. There's someone who's – I'm trying to think of the other dude – 
someone will remember his name. He does very much these paternity tests, but also the same sort of um, uh, cultural bracket. No. Montel. No, isn't it Montel? Are you sure? No. It's a, it's a white dude um, with sort of gray hair, older guy. But he, he does all of this. Um, Andre de at ESCOM? <laughs> no. Have you got a show? <laughs> well, uh, I, I don't know. It depends if there's load shedding or not. Hmm. Anthony Hopkins, is that who you're thinking of? No, what's his name? I can't remember now. <laughs> All right, let's go to Borge. He's he's waiting uh, patiently in the wings. Hello, George Meany. How are you? Hello, oh, Gareth. Hello, How, <laughs> How are you doing? doing? How are you doing, George? Nice to see you on a Friday. It's always nice to see you. When we see you, it's Friday. So, of course, everybody's happy when you pitch up and, and, and pop up on our screens. We didn't see you last week. We missed you. Where were you? Were you flying something? Were you driving a train, a truck, a boat, a wheelbarrow? What were you in charge of last week, Friday? That you well, be? We, were, we were having our, um, our uh, quarterly strategic conference with the uh, senior executive. So uh, oh. that's what I was doing. But Ooh, I did Very serious. Thing. I did another thing, Gareth, which um, I don't know if you've tried or Leanne, oh. if you've tried. Where's Ben? Ben's gone. He's going. Um, no, he so he had to go and do some work. But but George, hang on. I, I've never tried a quarterly strategic conference. That must be horrible. No, 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 no. Not when you're in my team. <clears throat> Not when you're in my team. Conference, George. I wouldn't even know where to start with that. I'd rather drive a wheelbarrow than that. No, no, no. It's not as bad as you think. Um, but we did something very creative at the end. So <clears throat> Friday morning when I was supposed to be on the show, what I decided to do was uh, give everybody – I got uh, I got two nurses into the boardroom, um, and uh, uh, and they, they pranced in with drips. Uh, you know, drip stands. Um, they pranced yes. in with drip stands and uh, poked everybody in the arm. Um, and we all had a dose of jet fuel. Don't know if you ever had jet fuel. George, did you at least get people's permission before you injected shit <laughs> in the workplace? <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's good. That's all right. Good. And what is jet fuel? What is, is jet fuel? Is it actual so, jet fuel? Because then they're all dead, George. Then your strategy no. was to kill them at the strategic conference. <laughs> You get those kinds of people. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so what we uh, um, <clears throat> a couple of weeks back, probably about four or five weeks back, I got sick, and I could yes. I could feel I was getting sick on the Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah. Um, so um, I think it was on the Thursday or the Friday. I decided to try this IV bar. I don't know if you've ever been to an IV bar. Uh, I went to the IV bar, and yes. I'm like. Like what is the what is the stuff inside these drips that you give people? <clears throat> and, they, and they gave me the range, and I chose the jet fuel, which is about I think twenty five thousand milligrams of vitamin C, magnesium, uh, vitamin D, uh, uh, a whole bunch of minerals, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Sure. But it's straight into your vein, right? Um, and I sat there for forty five minutes with this drip, and it rehydrates you. So if you're dehydrated. Beautiful. Rehydrate you immediately. Um, and I actually, you don't feel like you're Superman afterwards, but it definitely staved off what I was getting, I think. George, I went for one of these um, at a place in, in, in Four Ways uh, not so long ago. And I'll tell you what, I did feel better afterwards. And it's also Ooh. cool. It's, it, it's, so it's really cold. And you yes. can feel the cold liquid moving through your veins, which is kind of weird. Um, it's sort of a strange sensation. But I do like it. I like it. So what do those cost, George? What does it cost per person? 
Um, so it, it ranges anywhere between 900 Rand and about 1200 Rand, depending on mm-hmm. where you go and, uh, and, and who does it and, uh, and the, and the product that you buy. Did you feel that your team were more strategically minded after they'd had the jet fuel drip? It didn't really have a chance because it was the Friday. So we were kind of winding down till midday, you know, and um, <clears throat> I thought uh, uh, the the idea was we've had a hard week. Uh, you know, let me give you a good weekend. Um, and well, uh, I think I think you should have been more selfish about this because, you know, a, a greedy a CEO would have given them the drip on the Monday so that their oh. working hours are better. They're more productive and not their time off. You don't want them to have a good weekend. You want them to work, work, slaves, work. Here's a drip, work. Anyway, what do you got for us in the news this morning? Well, um, uh, Gareth, there was a, a house found abandoned in Louisiana. Now, there when I say house found abandoned, I house had to show you. In New Orleans. <laughs> you yeah. know, so you think house abandoned, people just leave the house. No, but, you know, in America, people transport their houses around. Yes. Especially so this a, house, a shitty house like that, is that worth transporting anywhere? It's not even a nice house, George. I know, I know. But uh, but this guy decided to do a midnight flip, mm-hmm. or whatever you call it, and uh, and leave the area that he's in with his house. He knocked down road signs because you're supposed to get permission for heavy trucks to do this. Knocked down road signs, took out uh, power lines, um, and uh, damaged a whole bunch of things, and then eventually uh, stopped on the side of the road, abandoned the truck and the house, oh, wow. and the cops eventually found him and arrested him, and he's got 125000 US dollars of bail. So, um, George, I mean, you're, you're the, the, the boss of understanding like anything with wheels, basically. So, so what kind of a truck do you need to transport a house? An abnormal truck. You know, see those abnormal loads? Mm. You, you, you need one of those. So, so yeah, you've got it. I mean, moving a house like that is not a single person event. No. Um, mm. <clears throat> yeah, so, you've got to have like cars ahead of you and behind you and flags. And so apparently this guy just left this truck and the house in the middle of the road and left. Hmm. Idiot. And it's not even, I'm going to comment again. What a shit house. Like if you're going to, maybe it's because it was so shitty. Uh, if you're going to move a house around, don't let it be that house. Just show us that picture again. It's a terrible-looking house. Let me explain it. I'll just – I'll try and – Leanne, you can describe it. You've got a very good um, – you've got a great ability to, to translate the visual into audio. Go ahead. Well, it looks like those temporary prefabs that they put up at our school when we when our parents had been breeding too much and our schools became, you know, overcrowded. Um, it, it, it started off with a symmetrical A-line roof, but, yes. uh, the windows have left much to be desired as well as, um, right. a very rickety, um, cover, which is supposed to form, form something part of a balcony or a patio. That's a very good description. Thank you, Leanne. I really think he could have just chopped the house up into pieces and set it on fire. <laughs> I don't believe that that house needed saving or being put on a, a horrible truck and taken somewhere. All right, what else you got for us? So uh, I don't know if you've heard, but uh, Kaluli's interchange, if you've ever driven through it, is very congested in the morning and rush hour and in the afternoon. Mm. So um, um, Houting Road Agency has uh, now um, started to – they say they're at advanced stages of a 35-kilometer highway that will run east to west and link the N3, N12, and R21. Hmm. And 
it will be the first new highway in 40 years. See, now that is something they can name after Fikilimbalula. It'll be the Fikilimbalula Highway. And it would be right because while he's transport minister, it'll start being built. I would have no um, problem with that. So it looks like um, this highway will be, will be called the PWV 15. See, that's so boring. Here we got a brand new highway and they want to give it some stupid name. It sounds like a, it sounds like a, a version of coronavirus, the PWV 14 or what it does. It sounds like the latest wave of coronavirus. Come on, guys, name it after Fikila. Give him something. I agree. I right. So agree. Um, and then, uh, uh Gareth, uh, um, Justin Bieber has oh. been blocked from buying a Ferrari. <laughs> so, good uh, so, so Justin Bieber tattoos, isn't it? Uh, well, no. A couple of years ago, tattoos on his car, maybe. Um, uh, a couple of years ago, he bought a Ferrari. This is his actual Ferrari that he bought a couple of years ago, and heavily modified it, resprayed it electric blue, did detailing on the inside with the seats, uh, changed its wheels, and hmm. uh, really changed this Ferrari into something else. And uh, and 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 what Ferrari has said is that our vehicles are a, a work of art <clears throat> and um and and you, you can't them. do what you did to our ferrari so sorry you can't buy a ferrari again justin bieber good on them i like that yes you have to have standards it's like uh you know certain champagne brands will not allow people to post their their brands uh, when they're buying bottles in a club and spraying it on people uh keeps ah. them keeps Keeps a bit classier, but I like this. You know, some people doesn't matter how much money you have, you can't have this. You're just too common. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. Right. I mean, modified. You, you've seen all seen the modified vehicles in South Africa, and how uh, I think they're terrible. They're like heavily modified things. Well, um, Congo Chris says, "Oh no, poor Justin can't buy a second Ferrari. Poor him." <laughs> Poor guy. And then very finally, Gareth, uh, there is a new way that uh, criminals are stealing our cars. Oh, what is it's this? called a relay attack. So uh, so what the criminal does is, uh, you know, up to now we've heard about the remote blocking. So when you mm -hmm. try and lock your car with the remote, it, st it blocks the signal and stops the uh, the doors from locking. This, yes. is, this relay attack is they actually capture the signal. Oh. And then they store it and your vehicle's locked. You think it's all fine. You walk away and then they use that signal and all they do is click a button and open your car. Bastards. Mm. You know, George, these guys are getting smarter and smarter, but I have a solution. Mm -hmm. You just have to have obsessive compulsive disorder like I do. And you go back and you lock and you check and you lock <laughs> and you go back and you lock. And then you just get to the door of the mall and you're like, wait, wait a second. Did I lock? And you walk back and you lock. That'll mess any criminal's just mind up. Keep it old school with a, a key in the door. There's, there's, there's a point. My dad has uh, this old panel van that he refuses to get rid of, this corset panel van. And mm -hmm. he dropped it off here the other day. I had to use my car. Um, <laughs> and I had to move it in the driveway. Talk about modified. Firstly, he's put years ago, he put a Momo steering wheel on it. <laughs> But it has no power steering, right? Do you know how hard it is to turn a tiny steering wheel with no power steering? <laughs> then secondly, it, you have to put the key in the door and then pr press in the knoppy like an old cigarette lighter. Push, push the tit, yeah. Yes. Um, and thirdly, it has an old-fashioned gear lock 
um, one of those U-shaped <laughs> metal gear locks, and yeah. that stopped it from being stolen. It, it was outside my house one evening. They had ripped this thing apart. The only thing that was still intact was the gear lock, and that's what stopped it from being stolen. Unreal. The old-fashioned yeah. sometimes isn't yeah, too bad. Sometimes is the way to go. Yeah, so so how do you avoid in. this? Stick the key in and push the tit. <laughs> so how do you avoid this gareth some cars have the ability in their uh, uh in their menus to switch off the keyless entry so if you do have that in your menu go and have a look in your in your handbook if you do have that in your menu hmm. you're in a high-risk area just deactivate the keyless entry oh, okay i'll have to do that i'm driving that fancy new c-class of uh, fills. So that thing is amazing. I mean, you could basically, you could switch it on before you even get to it. So it can start warming the car up or whatever. It's just, it's phenomenal. Anyway, we will uh, talk some more next week, George. Have an excellent weekend. Uh, cheers, everybody. We will see you on Monday at 6 a.m. Be good. Bye bye.